Welcome to the Lightkeepers podcast. I'm Clayton Vandiver, your Lightkeeper, with a show dedicated to everyone who wants to get the most quality out of life that they can. My co-host, as always, Charlene, our very own tame licensed clinical social worker, certified in the state of Florida. We invite you to join the conversation this week, which is about professional versus amateur support. Just who is that person and what qualifies them to help me? And so much more on this edition of the Lightkeepers podcast. start, I'd like to invite you to please leave your questions or comments below. We always love to hear from you. Questions this week will be answered during our next show that appears online every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Lightkeepers podcast is an exclusive production of A Guiding Light Incorporated. We'll tell you more about A Guiding Light at the end of the podcast, but we don't have much time, so let's get right into this week's conversation. And uh, what does it mean to the general public when you say, who is this person? Uh, is, are they professional? Are they amateur? How do you know? So that's a very good question. So the best way to know if you're working with a professional is to ask them what their qualifications are and find out if they're licensed. If they are licensed, there's going to be a record of that that can be found online. Like, for example, I'm licensed through the state of Florida Department of Health. So if you go online and do a search for State of Florida LCSW uh, license lookup, it'll take you to a website where just by typing in someone's name, you can verify that they have a license. Okay, that's a good idea. Well, how does the, now how does the general public find that information? You just type a search? You just do a search online for whatever state you're in. Uh, whatever their profession is, and license look up, and it'll take you to a website where you can put in their name and find out whether or not they are a licensed individual. Okay, and you can find information about both medical and counselor personnel? Correct, correct, uh, because technically as a counselor, I am a medical professional. That's why I'm licensed through the Department of Health. Um, oh, okay. So that's an important distinction. Even though uh, I'm a counselor, what I do is considered medical care. Okay. Well, I've heard some uh, some folks say it's it's sort of like you're looking for either a professional, and you don't want a witch doctor. I've heard that term used in the uh, you know in the industry. So, what would constitute a witch doctor? How do you define that one? <laughs> so, for example, okay. if you were injured. Okay. Would you call up Grandma, Uncle Bob, neighbor across the street, or would you want to call your primary care physician or maybe go to an urgent care clinic? An amateur is someone who works based off of their personal experience. A witch doctor. Okay. okay. Um, when you are in need of support, therapeutic support, you want someone who has been clinically trained and they've been through 
the classwork, they've been through the testing, and they have been approved to be safe to provide that care. I say this all the time when people ask me, uh, hey, I've got a camcorder, I've got a camera on my, my telephone, why can't I just shoot my own professional videos? And you know, the people who sell camcorders and cell phones sort of throw that word professional around a lot because they think, you know, if we say that, then we can charge more for it, or they'll think they can do more than they really can. But you know, when they make a Hollywood film, they spend many, many millions of dollars and they use cameras that cost as much as, as some very luxurious cars. And don't you think they use cheaper stuff if they could get away with it? And if they didn't need it, don't you think they'd stay out of film school for, you know, anywhere from five to seven years? Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe we know something that the average guy on the street doesn't about making films and movies. I'm sure it's exactly like that in the medical community. If I needed to amputate an arm, I, I certainly wouldn't grab the first chainsaw I saw. Well, and it goes a little deeper than that because there are places online, for example, um, there are some wonderful uh, resources online, especially if you're grieving. Uh, for example, there's one particular website that in the past has trained volunteers to provide online bereavement support. The problem is, is grief can be complicated and not everyone is qualified or should be qualified to provide grief support because there's a lot that can be affected. Absolutely. And someone who is not trained, who doesn't know how to look for potential influences, uh, maybe a past history of substance abuse or a personality disorder or a mental health illness that might complicate that bereavement, um, what they're doing is not just unethical, it's not just negligent, it could be down outright dangerous. I understand. And is it just that they might assess the needs incorrectly, um, refer someone to the wrong resource, uh, perhaps even rope them into a network of pals that stand to profit? I, I know there are some unethical people out there. How much damage can they really do? They can do a lot and not even meaning to. You know, people go into this wanting to provide that support, that amateur support. Mm -hmm. They go into it with the best of intentions. Um, but you know, what, you know what they say. Uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> and, good and so that they mean well. They really yeah. do. They really do. But that's not always the best course of action. They can cause a lot of harm uh, emotionally, mentally, and can make an already difficult time a lot more difficult and distressing. How does the person listening and watching know where to turn uh, for information about who might be a professional and who might be a witch doctor? Well, and that's, again, where you have to be very careful. Um, there are a lot of resources available online um, resources available to support you through end-of-life process. You know, there are mm -hmm. people out there that call themselves death doulas that are out there to provide a wonderful support service, a wonderful needed service where mm -hmm. they're supporting people mm -hmm. who have been diagnosed with a terminal illness or their family as they go through this time. Okay. But the problem is, is these people are not being properly vetted. Um, there's uh. no, there's no 
specific training for them. And so a lot of these people are amateurs that have come into the field um, through personal experience that want to be able to help others. Um, and if this, if you're someone who, who is like that, that wants to provide that support, I applaud that and I encourage you to volunteer with your local hospices or hospitals. That's a wonderful outlet for you. But if this is something that you want to do for a living full time, go to school, get trained how to do it. That way you're not putting others at risk of injury, exactly. mental, mental or physical and you're not putting yourself in danger of litigation because in some uh, states, in some states, it's actually illegal to provide therapeutic support without a license. Very, very good point. And we were talking before the show a little bit about uh, sometimes a psychiatrist is different than a psychologist, and one does one thing, one does another thing. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. That sort of ties into what you were just saying. And a lot of people don't know the difference. A mm -hmm. psychiatrist is a doctor who is trained on how to prescribe medication to treat mental health issues. Okay, a medical professional. Exactly. A, sort of a... Someone yeah. who, who focuses on the medication side of things, right. like a okay. pharmacist. Gotcha. versus a therapist, a psychologist, or a licensed clinical social worker, or a licensed mental health counselor. These are people who cannot prescribe medication because they're not trained in the uh, medication side of it, but they are trained in providing that therapeutic support, that counseling, which a psychiatrist is not. So it would be unethical if you were to be uh, prescribing medications because that's not something you've been educated to do. That's not, not just unethical, but highly illegal. And that's why oh, okay. uh, a common phrase that you'll hear in the clinical world is stay in your lane. And what that means is don't do something that you're not trained and licensed to do. As a licensed clinical social worker, I would not even fathom giving someone medical direction. Mm -hmm. I may give them medical advice in terms of, hey, ask your doctor about dot, dot, dot. But I would never say, right. this is your diagnosis, this is what you need to do, because I'm not trained. And that's something we do right here. We say every week, uh, you know, this is a conversation about conditions and health and, and situations that you might face. And definitely seek the advice of your own medical personnel, your own personal counselor, your own personal advisor, who knows your unique needs and situation and can best advise what's best for you. Because this is just a conversation to sort of stimulate the possibilities and not in any way to give you advice that you should follow except in seeking professional help and asking that personal counselor that knows mm -hmm. your situation, uh, hey, do you think this might apply to me, or do you think this might help me, or, uh, you know, what could I do better? It's just like, in my line of work, if you're wanting to make a little home movie, you might seek the professional guidance of someone who went to film school and, and use their advice, their best practices, because they're certainly going to know more about it than the guy that just got his first cell phone and said, oh, video, click. Hey, look, it makes pictures. And there's and there's a lot of areas that this overlaps onto that people don't realize. I'm going to give you a wonderful example of that, something okay. that 
is a little pet peeve of mine. Um, okay. <laughs> when someone creates advanced directives, which we talk about a lot here on the show because they're so important, which is basically um, advanced directives are the documents that you put into place to direct what type of medical treatment you would want if you were to become seriously ill and not able to make your own medical decisions. So right. think living will, uh, medical power of attorney. Right. Um, People go to attorneys to have these done all the time, and that's great. Attorneys know the law, but they don't know medicine, and they don't know those medical procedures. And so you have someone with legal documents that say, if I become seriously ill, I do not want any extensive measures put into place to keep me alive. What defines extensive? Um, some people say they're not necessarily going to know what an extensive exactly measure is. and some people say well I don't want tubes or machines yeah. okay you don't want a tube or a machine to keep you alive right. what if there's an opportunity of recovery what if you only need that machine temporarily what if the doctor doesn't know if it's temporary or permanent is your loved one going to know what to do they're going to look at the paper and say, well, he said he didn't want anything extensive done, so sorry. That's a very, very good point. And it also gives us an opportunity when you're wondering who to turn to and who to look to, uh, you know that the professionals at A Guiding Light are there to train professionals in doing many of the things that we're talking about. Exactly. And so if you see someone who has been vetted and who has the guiding light symbol that we have on our coffee cups, mm -hmm. um, you know that they are going to be someone that is not operating like a witch doctor. They actually not only know what they're talking about, they can refer you to other professionals that they are confident in their capabilities. Absolutely. So that's the sort of thing that we try to do here is connect people to resources that can give them the best service in their lives. Knowledge Quality is power. Of life. Knowledge is power. Quality of life is the whole purpose of this show and our conversations. Now, we don't have much time, but this episode leads us to a perfect opportunity to mention that several listeners have been asking about us personally and our backgrounds. Uh, you know, what makes us professionals instead of witch doctors. And that sounds like something we might, we got into that just a little touch today. You got a feeling for, hey, I'm really a video guy and you know a, a broadcaster and this is really a medical mental professional health, yeah. a mental health specialist uh, but it sounds like something we might spend a little bit more time with and in in helping our viewers and listeners understand who we are and what our interests are and our backgrounds maybe we could do an entire show about that yeah let's dedicate next week to that how about that we can do that well, it's always good to be willing to talk about quality of life because every single one of us will face some of these issues someday. Either not prepared at all or very well prepared indeed. From joining us here on the Lightkeepers podcast each and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Lightkeepers podcast is an exclusive production of Animation Studios and is brought to you by A Guiding Light a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to education and information that allows informed preparation for living the very best life possible. The mission of A Guiding Light is to provide education for professionals and information for everyone else about life planning, available guidance, and counseling that helps individuals and their family navigate options 
that improve the quality of their remaining days. The organization is committed to training professionals through scholarship grants when needed, who will help you find the best information and options to meet your planning needs that are available in your area so you can be aware of your choices, confident in your decisions, and at peace that you've made the very best decisions to live life on your own terms. Visit the website at aguidinglight.org or make a tax-deductible contribution that helps others find the information and resources they need. You can send your check to the address that's right below me right now. We're so grateful for your support and sincerely hope you'll join the conversation in coming weeks. Add your questions and comments below. Speaking of that, hit the like and subscribe buttons. It is free. And turn on that notify bell so you'll catch every single episode. I'm Clayton Vandiver, your Lightkeeper. We'll see you next time.